0: So in order for the opening of this sermon to make any sense, you have to understand what yellow pages are. So uh, for those too young to remember, particularly probably those live streaming, uh, before the internet and Google, the main way to find a telephone number of a person or a business was to look it up in the phone book. It, was it every year or did it, was it every other year? Did they pu- publish those every year? I think they published them every year, every year. The phone company would print two books with the phone numbers for basically every phone in an entire city. The phone numbers for homes were printed in white pages, on white pages, and the, home, the, the telephone numbers for businesses, were printed on yellow pages. So if you asked uh, what's the telephone number for Pagliacci's? Instead of someone saying, Google it, someone would say, look it up in the yellow pages. So back in the day when yellow pages were still a thing, I once used them for doing some research on a topic for a paper I was writing. Out of curiosity, I wanted to know how many different denominations of Christian churches there were just in Seattle. And I'm talking denominations. I'm not even talking separate congregations. So, for instance, for us, being part of the PCUSA, the PCUSA only counted for one, even though there were 20 to 30 individual PCUSA congregations in the city at that time that would just counted as one. So I wanted to figure out how many denominations of Christian churches there were just in Seattle, which is one of the least churched areas of the country. So we, aren't even, we don't even have as many as most cities. I can't remember the exact figures, but the numbers were astonishing. Going by the different headings that the Yellow Pages used to assign to, you know, churches, presbyterian, methodist, etc. Going by the different headings that the uh, the yellow pages assigned, there were hundreds hundreds of denominations, not congregations, denominations. There were close to a dozen different presbyterian denominations alone. The Presbyterian Church of the United States of America, the Presbyterian Church of America, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the Reformed Presbyterian Church, the Covenant Presbyterian Church, the Refor- i mean, the uh, Korean Presbyterian Church in America—and there were others. That's just Presbyterian denominations, not even congregations. Have you ever wondered why there are two PCUSA congregations? five blocks apart on the top of Queen Anne? Well, that's because when we and Bethany were founded back towards the the turn of the uh, 20th century, we, Queen Anne Presbyterian Church, were part of a much smaller Presbyterian denomination. It was the United Presbyterian Church of North America. And in 1958, our smaller denomination uh, merged with the larger Presbyterian denomination uh, in the United States, which is now PCUSA, and of which Bethany was already a part of. So here we are, 60 years later, five blocks apart, same denomination. Now, personally, I know of all the history, and I'm actually fascinated with it. All the different personalities who were involved, the arguments and divisions, the decisions they made and the decisions they didn't make, all of that is a part of our DNA as a congregation. But do you think that the vast majority of people, even just on Queen Anne, care about that? No. Or for that matter, the, I mean, the, the denominational histories of Bethany and, and Queen Anne Presbyterian churches are, are irrelevant to most people, as are the, the denominational histories and such uh, differences of Queen Anne United Methodist Church, Queen Anne Lutheran Church, Queen Anne Christian Church, or St. Anne's Catholic Church, or St. Paul's Episcopalian Church. All of these different histories and stories don't mean much to most folks. Welcome, come on in. Just to let you know, if, if, if it gets a little boring up here, there are um, some Sunday school rooms downstairs that you are welcome to go down and, and have the kids play in. Um, even for those of us who have been in a church for a while and know something about these, who know some of the histories of the, the major splits uh, between denominations, all of those in divisions and distinctions can obscure the deeper and far more important truth, which is that as far as God is concerned, there is only one church across the entire earth. And it is made up of all of those who have accepted God's loving embrace. If we pay attention we can be reminded of this truth every week. In the Apostles' Creed, each week we declare that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Like I was saying in the children's message, the, the word that generally catches all of us up in the Presbyterian Church is one that is vital for us to understand, it. it is that, that word Catholic. For most of us, that directs our thoughts towards images of the church based in Rome, the Pope, the Vatican, nuns and priests and bishops and cardinals. We think of centuries of of history and the battles with uh, Martin Luther and the other protesters, the other Protestants. We think of the major split in the Western Church 500 years ago that left us with the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant churches, things like Lutheran, Reformed, uh, Baptist, Anglican, Methodist. However, originally, as I was saying to the kids, Catholic meant universal, one whole across the earth. When the Apostles' Creed was written, there was only one church. There had been yet no internal or external divisions, no political power plays, no greedy grabs for wealth and influence. For the first 300 years of the existence of the Christian church, the The church was only those who had heard the good news about Jesus Christ, who had experienced his presence and his power in their lives, who had heard his call to follow and did. That was it, they were all a part of one universal Catholic church. And yet in in those first three centuries, the church spread from Jerusalem to Asia to Africa and to Europe. It included indentured servants and slaves and wealthy landowners, women and men, Jewish and pagan. Other than those who had been united by virtue of being citizens of the the Roman Empire, there had never been such a vast diversity of human beings, united together in the same community. And that's why it had to be declared something that was believed in. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Such unity across all these other human divisions is not our natural human inclination. And yet the church was one community across the whole known world. This was God's intention from the very beginning. We heard this in God's original call to Abram, who later became changed, his his name was changed to Abraham and Sarah. Leave your country, your people, your father's household. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and bless you. Uh, All the peoples of the earth, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God chose one obscure couple from the whole earth, but did so in order that all people on earth would be blessed through them. We hear Jesus himself promise that one day all of our human divisions won't matter. He says to the Samaritan woman, verses 21 through 26. Believe me, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. We worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, already come when what you are called, Presbyterian, Methodist, Roman Catholic, what you are called will not matter. And where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and what you live and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people God is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before God in worship. God is sheer being, spirit. Those who worship must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. And she says, I don't know about that, but I know the, when the Messiah comes, we'll have all the answers. And he's saying, I am the Messiah, and these are the answers. The imagery here of Jesus, this Jewish man, talking to this Samaritan woman, the imagery is, is absolutely vital and couldn't be more significant. A Jewish man and a Samaritan woman had about as much business talking to each other as Kashama Sawant and Donald Trump. There was no connection. (laughs) And everything was about separation. And yet here is Jesus talking to her and saying, "It, it doesn't matter these divisions that have been created. It's what is in us In our spirits, those again who have been embraced by God's love and accepted that embrace. Jesus is saying, as God's people, one day none of the divisions that we have set up will matter because of who He is and what He has done. What allows us to unite across all other barriers that divide us is this mysterious union that we are incorporated into when we accept the embrace of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul affirms in his letter to the Ephesians. There is one body, the body of Christ. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, over all and through all and in all. In God's eyes, there is only one church in all the earth and it is made up of all those who have accepted God's embrace. As I mentioned earlier, when the Apostles' Creed was written No major divisions had yet taken place. Of course, we know that that didn't hold true for very long. Humans are quite adept at finding ways to divide and exclude each other. We in the West actually often think of the major split in the church happening in the 16th century between the church that was based in Rome and those protesting against some of its uh, mistakes. In reality, the church had already split in half long before that, another half century before that. For hundreds of years, there had been two different cities uh, holding similar influence on the Christian church in the known world. Rome and Constantinople, which is now Istanbul. For a variety of reasons, as much to do with power and pride as much as belief, the relationship between those two cities and and the peoples in them began to fray in about the year 1000. By the year 1200, what had been mostly one church had become essentially Uh, Two different churches, one in the Western world that looked to Rome for leadership, and one in the Eastern world that looked to Constantinople for leadership. The one in Rome became known as the Catholic Church, and the one in Constantinople became known as the Orthodox Church. And the Orthodox Church has, has always been the most dominant Christian church in the East, and still is. But they had numerous divisions as well. And today, going back to the Yellow Pages uh, illustration, today if you Google how many Christian denominations are there in the world, the answer is 45,000. 45,000 Christian denominations. Now that's a a, a generous understanding of what a denomination is, uh, but even even conservative understandings of it, say between like 250 and 300 different denominations. But 45,000 that could even somewhat credibly be considered denominations. Maybe at some point along the way, we all of us will realize how absurd all of this is, and we'll have either a good laugh about it or repent over it, or we'll do both. Because as we remind ourselves each week, as far as God is concerned, there is only one holy Catholic Church, one universal Church, And it is made up of all those who have accepted God's loving embrace. In addition to the word Catholic, meaning universal, going back even more to the original Greek root of Catholicos, it means all embracing. I love that understanding it, all embracing. In the end, maybe this is the best way To think of the church. All those embraced by God. God's love embraces the whole world. We know this. Female and male. The whole spectrum of human identity and sexuality. God's original covenant people to people who are in covens. From gray-haired white guys in Seattle to black-haired, black gals in Soweto. God's love embraces all peoples. And in the end, all of the names and classifications and divisions that we have tried to impose on the church amount to very little. As far as God con- is concerned, there is only one church in all the earth, and it is made up of all those who have accepted God's loving embrace. Amen.